Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. I'm Carlos. And today we're going to do a review episode. A review episode about House of the Dragon. Yeah, it was hyped but in a strange way. Yeah, the episode or the, the episode of today or House of the Dragon the series. <laughs> the series. Ah, the series. <laughs> because I think those of us who watch Game of Thrones were a little apprehensive when we heard House of the Dragons mm -hmm. was coming out. A lot of us were a little disappointed about how the last few seasons of Game of Thrones went. Just a little, yeah. So I think that when we heard this was coming out, it was kind of like, yay, more Game of Thrones universe, but will they mess it up like they did with Game of Thrones? Yeah, I have to be with you in that point of view. If, if you let me tell my personal opinion mm. in this situation, I remember that I discovered Game of Thrones thanks to, well, a friend in in Spain. I started reading them even before um, oh, so the you series. Oh, you read the books yeah, before yeah, the series came out. Yeah, uh, I'm one of those people that tell you, oh, no, I read it before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true, uh, because I, and it wasn't because of me. It was because of a friend of mine that uh, liked dark fantasy and all that stuff. She recommended me. Yeah. And I started with uh, Game of Thrones. Then, of course comes with the rest of the books, right? Of the saga of A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. And I was super hyped when the series came out. And I think that the first seasons really make justice of the books. It's really good. But I, as, as you were saying before, I got really, really disappointed when the creators of the series of HBO, uh, they didn't have more material to continue with the books. So they started to make their own yeah. stuff. And then for me the series just went downhill. Yeah, and that, that often happens when the source material runs out. On the one hand, I don't blame the writers of the series that much. Like, how long are we really going to expect to wait for George R. R. Martin to write another book? Like, I'm sure when they started the series, they were thinking, oh, yeah, definitely by the time we catch up to the book, there'll be new books released. Uh, yeah, because I think that when... The series came out, maybe I'm mistaken, you can correct me, but when the, the books came out, uh, sorry, when the series came out, the last book was, uh, it, it wasn't Dance with Dragons, but that, that Dance with Dragons came out surely soon enough yeah. after the, so, yeah, I so I remember saying to people, oh yeah, Dance with Dragon, and then it was supposed to come. Uh, Winds of Winter is supposed to be the next one, but yeah. it still hasn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we were maybe uh, our grandchildren will see it. Yeah, I think that we were all expecting to see Winds of Winter come out while the series was on, yeah. so they could. Yeah, in that case, I understand, but at the same time, I think that they made dirty a lot of characters and a lot of plots and a lot of you know uh, stuff that was supposed to be better. Yeah, but yeah, because of they didn't have the the books to support, then of course they they it didn't go well. Uh, at least in my opinion. And the main thing is that because I got tired of that, and because I have grown tired of waiting for Winds of Winter to come out. Uh, at the same time, I never read Fire Fire and Blood, yeah, which is the book that is supposed to come out all this series. Yeah. So at the same time, I was a little bit. Hyped in the sense that I don't know anything about the series, so you can tell me everything you want. Uh, I will be happy because I don't have any book to compare. I think it's one of the first times I do that because with The Wheel of Time, you remember, I haven't finished yet The Wheel of Time, but you remember me reading The Wheel yeah, of Time. You were in the first few books when the series came out and you were mad. Yeah, and uh, with, with Game of Thrones, I already have read it. And with other movies, I already have read the books, but I think this is one of the first times that I don't have the original work to compare with. Yeah, and I always think, if you're if you're not, I'm one of those people that I think is quite good at reading a book, and then if there's a movie or a series adaptation that comes out, I'm very good at separating the two and understanding that some choices need to be made and mm -hmm. some things need to be changed to make the story align with being told as a series or a movie mm -hmm. i think it's only fair that you get certain amount of creative liberties when you're trying to adapt something but i i'm like you and that i don't like it to go crazy far away from yeah. the source material like yeah. there are a lot of choices in the game of thrones series that they made i'll give you a spoiler for game of thrones if you haven't watched it you're um, a little bit late you're a little bit late the whole thing in the series where 
Sansa is married off to the Bolton yeah. boy and raped and treated horribly that doesn't happen to her that happens to jane pool in the book exactly but i think it was a really good creative choice for the series because it really helped develop sansa's character and for our series because no one cared about jane pool well no one cared about jane pool in the books but you can have a a, a a secondary character suffering the stuff because at the end is just trying to portray how bad is uh race uh, rem says no yeah while in the series you have to make people the audience care you yeah. know and and feel about it and of course, Sansa was probably the best character to suffer all all that stuff. Yeah, really, really showed how, how she t took that innocent teenager kind of start she was in at, at the beginning of the series and the books, and kind of grew through the pain she had mm -hmm. to endure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Enough about Game of Thrones, yeah. though. Yeah, because... or we'll be here forever. Yeah. So before we continue on and talk about our actual subject today, which is House of the Dragon, mm -hmm. obviously we're going to put a spoiler uh, alert on. Oh yeah. If you we have watched the entire series, uh, if you're still watching it or haven't watched it yet, maybe come back and mm -hmm. listen to this at a later time because we'll be putting down a lot of spoilers. Yeah, we are going to be uh, spoiling a lot of stuff. So if you haven't seen the first season of house of the dragon then and if you want to continue listening to us thank you but you know that's the spoiler alert warning <laughs> you can't be mad at us yeah we have said it okay so we come off the kind of disappointment that was the end of game of thrones mm -hmm. we're apprehensive but one of the things that i think they did well to try and draw people into it was they made the casting of Damon. Uh, played by Matt Smith. Oh, well, Matt Smith. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people outside of probably... Probably outside of England and outside of the fandom of of uh, Doctor Who uh, maybe don't know Matt Smith because he's not that yeah. great as a star as, you know... Yeah, but I feel like a lot of the people that watch Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon... Maybe even if they don't watch Doctor Who, are aware of Doctor Who and knew who Matt yeah, Smith was. Yeah, but anyway, he's well known enough. He's not a superstar, but well known enough that really fits the character. Yeah. I think it was a good call to have an actor like that because it, I think it would draw people's curiosity and maybe like, okay, now I'm a little bit more interested. Yeah. yeah. We have some um, some greats that appear in the series as older characters, but. As far as the younger cast go, a mm -hmm. lot of them weren't very well known. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a little bit with with Game of Thrones, I imagine. Yeah. Like in Game of Thrones, you had pe people like Sean Ben and I always forget his name. The guy that makes the squib of Harry Potter. Um, the squib of Harry Oh, um... Oh, Filch is the Harry yeah. Potter character. Argos oh Filch. Argos I Filch. But I, 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 I'm so sorry. I can't think of his name Exactly. <laughs> Argos Filch. I yeah. forgot the name of the... But you had some... You well, had quite a few Harry Potter actors. Yeah, and you, and you had some well-known characters, yeah. but then apart from Sean Ben and other um, main characters... Charles you... Dant as Tywin Lannister. Yeah. Because he was pretty um, famous at the time as well. Yeah, but the young ones, yeah. it's like Sophie Turner yeah. or Maze Williams. I think it was, it was Maisie Williams' first role, if I remember right. And yeah, probably most of them were first roles. So, yeah. you know, they weren't, they weren't well-known. Yeah, and I think it's good to have a cast like that when you're going to a big project. You, you know, you, you kind of you want some experience there, but not too many big yeah, egos. Exactly, exactly. I, I completely think the same because, well, also there are a lot of characters that, well, unfortunately, they are gonna die. So. <laughs> yeah, you can't get too attached to people. Yeah, yeah, and you can never get too attached to Sean Ben. Yeah, that, well, he's not in this one. Yeah, that's sure, for sure. But if he would be in this one, he would be killed. Yeah, so I think they did a good job of like getting us interested a yeah. little bit but again i think there was still a lot of apprehension going into this so we watched the the first episode after watching the first one do you remember what your thoughts were after finishing the first episode i think okay i'm happy to be back in westeros this yeah. has been a kind of like nice introduction in westeros but i'm still not involved in the story that's what i thought anyway first episode is one we have that giving birth that pro some people has got traumatized well, about there, it. there's two pretty big birth scenes throughout the series that we will mention a bit yeah. more later but yeah definitely if anyone thought this series was going to be less gory than game of thrones you are wrong 
Yeah, this <laughs> I think that this series is less sexual than Game of Thrones. There, it is se- it, 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 they have toned down a little yeah. bit. There are sexual moments and all that stuff, but they have toned down. A- I think the original cast of Game of Thrones actually have a lot to do with that. A lot of them have come out saying that they felt a little overly sexualized and mm-hmm. it was a bit too much, especially since it was quite uneven with the male characters and stuff. Yeah. So I, I think that might have had something to do with it. Yeah, maybe, but it is less sexualized than Game of Thrones, which, to be honest with you, I've never cared about how many butts or boobs appeared on a screen. <laughs> I'm not that kind of... It's not what I'm searching in a... Yeah. In a... Um, serious, yeah. But at the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm not invested yet. Probably, I hate making comparisons, but at the end, it's the easiest way. With Game of Thrones, the thing I have is that I have already read the books. Mm -hmm. I know what is going to happen. So I'm already invested because I know the story. So when I see the first episode, I'm since the beginning, I'm invested. If I see that they are doing right and the first episode of Game of Thrones is exactly like the first episodes of uh, the book. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Here, because I don't have the book to compare, I'm still not invested in the story. So when I listen, sorry, when I watch that first episode... I'm invested on the sense that I know it's a series based on the world of Westeros, mm-hmm. so I think that is going to be interesting in the future, but to be honest, that first episode, apart from a welcome back to Westeros, I didn't have anything that, okay, I have these characters that I can connect. To be honest with you, we had King Viserys taking that difficult decision there, and <laughs> strangely enough, Kim Viserys is probably the character I have connected most with, yeah. but in that first episode, he's like, what is this crappy husband that don't tell his wife that she's gonna die yeah. or to take a decision or something? So it, yeah, was, com- it was a very selfish moment. It yeah. was didn't, one of the moments that made him a little less likable. Yeah. But I completely agree. The first episode, it was like a welcome back to Westeros, which mm-hmm. was very nice. But I still, a lot of people had told me, because we were a little bit late starting the series. Oh, yeah, we were. To our friends, anyway. And they were like, oh, it's really good. I was really pleasantly surprised. You have to watch it. I didn't get that feeling after the first episode. No. I was very much like, this is okay. And to be honest, that is my whole feeling towards the whole series, if I was to wrap it up in a nutshell. Yeah. The series is watchable. I'm not going to rave about it. For me, I have to be honest, and it's one of the main good points of the of the series. As you were saying at the beginning, we come from that big flop that it was the last two, three seasons of um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So when I faced this, I, I, I was, okay, I, let's see if they, you know, come back and if they bring me something great. So what I felt on this first season of House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. it was like, is not at the level of the first seasons of Game of Thrones, but if we compare with the last seasons of Game of Thrones, it is good. So I wouldn't say that it was a completely meh, but it was good. It wasn't excellent. It wasn't perfect. I I feel that it's far from perfect, but I think that in general, it's not bad. It's good and it's enjoyable. Uh, That's what I think. Yeah, I I kind of like I enjoy it. I... I usually try to give the first few episodes of of a show a chance because, you know, it's the world and character building kind Mm -hmm. of episodes. Sometimes they can drag a little bit so you don't get lost later on. Mm -hmm. But this was this happened throughout the whole series. It felt like the first two episodes of of any other series Mm -hmm. being dragged out over 10 episodes. Yeah. The pacing of the show was terrible, in my opinion. I think the pacing of the show is bad and I understand that that pacing it's caused because of the time yeah there's there's significant time skips which I think really disorientates the viewer it really doesn't give anyone a chance to really connect with a character and start rooting for them and apart from that it doesn't help the pace what I mean is that if you start a story okay here house of the dragon and you are telling me the story of these people and then in the episode two or three, you have a time skip. Then, when you start in the episode four, in some way you have to tell me what has happened in that time skip. Yeah. So I have to reconnect to see what has happened. No, like I think that the first time skip is the the wedding. 
of uh, Viserys and Alicent. Yeah. Probably is that the first time it's skip? not. It's not their wedding. I think Alicent is pregnant with her second child at the time skip. This is the first episode of the time. Yeah, but that the be- yeah, but what I mean is that the episode ends that oh, yeah. they are gonna get married. Yeah, and one- Viserys declares he is marrying uh, Alicent. Yeah. And then time skip, and she is pregnant. So you have to tell me, okay, at the end they got married, she's pregnant, how Rhaenyra took it, how yeah. the rest of the world took it, what is the situation now in the council. Yeah. So it's like you are dragging out the tempo of the series. Or at least that's what I felt. A lot of people loved how they did it. For me personally, it wasn't well paced. Yeah. Like I, I appreciate that the book Fire and Blood is supposed to cover over 20 years of conflict and that's going to be really hard to, if you don't want to drag it out for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to do time skips, that's fine. But do them well. Like even that time skip, instead of skipping to when Alison's pregnant with her second child, if they had put the time skip at when she was pregnant with Aegon, Mm-hmm. You could have shown that her and Rhaenyra were getting along and then she gives birth to Aegon and that's what changes their relationship because that's what changes it in the books. Yeah. So the time skip could have made sense if they had put it at the right spot. Yeah. No, yeah. And I think that that doesn't help first as what we were saying with the tempo and as what you were saying, that doesn't help connecting with the character. Yeah. And I have big issues with uh, there are some characters that age and you have, for example, the kids, both Rhaenyra and Alicent, they grow up and they, well, they change their act- actresses. Then when we have, a, again, another time skip and you have the, the their sons, yeah. they already make grown-ups again. Yeah, so they yeah. so they, have, they recast. But, for example, with the people that they don't recast, apart from Viserys, that in every time skip, looks worse. Yeah, he looks significantly older. You can tell time is passing. Exactly, him. but you have Damon that... Doesn't change. Well, changes the, the kind of like the hair, hair, hair haircut that works. Probably in different hairstyles depending on the, on the time, right? Yeah, but like he could have gotten a, uh, a haircut the week before, yeah. you know? Otto, exactly, more or less the same. I felt like I think it was the, the third time skip, if I remember right. He did age a little bit, but then I felt... Like with the following time skip, he had gone backwards. Well, <laughs> probably. Like, then Sir Criston Cole never ages. He gets younger. He's Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah. Also, speaking of of Christian Cole, because we just have to like, does this guy have no consequences for any of his actions? We, we can go for that later because that's one of my main complaints. But yeah. then you have Rhaenys, Rhaenys Targaryen, and her. Well, the Lord of the Tides. Her. They don't Lord age. Corliss, yeah. Lord Corlys. They don't age. So it's kind of like, I completely understand, like, I see pictures of myself, and I'm 35. Well, I'm going to be 35 in one month. But I see pictures of myself now and pictures of myself five years ago, and there's no drastic change, but there's change. Yeah. The main problem here is, of course, you're not going to recast every single character. But apart from Viserys, that obviously looks weaker with less hair mm. with apart from him and well you, you see him that first he loses two fingers then he loses the whole arm then yeah an eye <laughs> poor man but apart from that i had a big trouble with that because it was like these people doesn't doesn't age yeah. and we are in medieval times that that's the main problem it's like i know that it's a world of fantasy where in the future we'll have white walkers we have dragons mm. and all that stuff but you cannot tell me that in medieval times the people doesn't age yeah. and you have Rhaenyra when she is recasted then it happens like 12 years more she has three kids and perfect body it's like it's I, very unrealistic yeah because you have at the end ha, ha, giving birth and being pregnant it, it, it has a toll in your body like I have people well you know uh, my grandma had six kids and my grandma it, it, it doesn't look like she has had six kids but uh, there are a lot of women that because of giving birth to so many kids and more in medieval times yeah. that that has a toll in the body but it's something that you don't look yeah. which is a pity because there is an opportunity to do that yeah and because um, like you are the woman here so I prefer to give you uh, I prefer that you are the one giving the opinion mm. But I really thought that they really made great with 
giving birth and pregnancy in mm. medieval times. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, female power is a big theme throughout mm -hmm. um, House of Drag of the Dragon. I always get the title wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, you always say House of Dragon yeah. instead of House of the Dragon. The, 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 the. Yeah, yeah. Yes, George R. R. Martin's known for their strong female characters. We see it a lot in House of the Dragon. Yeah. And childbirth and pregnancy is one of the ways that it's shown. I think you see the strength of mothers. Alicent and Rhaenyra are both very strong mother mm -hmm. bears. Uh, Alicent in particular. Then there's a very traumatic scene uh, near the end of the mm -hmm. series where Rhaenyra has a stillborn yeah. child. Before I go on to how great I felt that was done, I do think there should have been a trigger warning for that. Oh, yeah. I think there should have been a trigger warning for a lot of the birth scenes that were in this series. You know, just as much as I think it was done really well, if someone was just fresh off having an experience of pregnancy loss, I think this would have been very difficult for them to yeah. see. And just like you do warnings for extreme violence or sexual Epilepsy connotation. Or I think it would have been good to have a warning for that. But yes, you're right. I think they, compared to Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon really does do more justice to what pregnancy and birth was like in medieval times. It was yeah. more real. It's not everyone just pushes out eight children, looks great, and there's no stillborns, there's no pregnancy loss. No, you look great, but... There are a lot of loss, there, are, there is a lot of blood. Yeah. And there are, well, we have two strong women that unfortunately died during, pass away during giving birth. Mm. One is Viserys. First wife. wife first wife, the, the first queen. And then we have uh, Diamond's second yeah. wife. So I think there's they bring more realness to that because it was very difficult yeah. for women back then. And then there's also some really great female power shown in other ways so one of the things i quite liked is when you look at princess Rhaenys, um Rhaenyra herself and alicent they are all women that want power but they tend to go towards getting in it getting it in an honorable fair way yeah. whereas all the men who want power seem to try to steal it yeah usurp it <laughs> in some ways yes i understand it um yeah. but i really like how it's developed and how they stand for themselves. So Yeah, they don't rely on their men, but I also think what is great is they don't undermine their men either. Like, mm -hmm. Damon and Rhaenyra are a great example of yeah. that. Like, Damon doesn't try to overpower her. There are some questionable scenes with him, but overall, he never shows him trying to take the throne from her. It's and, more like supporting her to take yeah, it. Yeah, and I feel that in some way... It's not like in other series or movies that some people complain that it's really too much in your face. It is shoved no, in your I, face. No, I didn't feel like Here it was you like have feminism, la, feminism, la, feminism. Like, like, like Avengers, like... Oh, oh that scene. Yeah, Avengers. see, I have said like Avengers and I haven't had to say anything. Your head know, knows exactly where, I, where it goes. Anyway... Let's not step here because it's a muddy path of controversy. <laughs> so let's keep with... But I like that it's not shown or shoved straight away 100% yeah, in your face. It's very natural that we have some really strong, powerful female characters and it, it's believable, it's real, it's not forced. Well, but it was... I, I could consider the same with Daenerys, with Lady yeah, Catelyn no, Stark, with Cersei Lannister. In other ways, maybe, but Cersei Lannister was a very strong woman. Yeah. Then, of You didn't course, like her, but she was no, strong course, and you uh, accepted that. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, and I think... Probably the likability of the characters is another point that we have to uh, go through in in this House of the Dragon. Yeah. Because I think it's a very important point. How you think that they have done this way of let's gonna... I, I don't know if you remember our second episode, the one of the houses of Harry Potter, where I explain our tribalism and yeah. the different houses made you identify yourself mm -hmm. with the characters of... Yeah. Or of the we, houses, like, we, I'm a Stark, or I'm a yeah. Lannister, or I'm a Bolton. I don't Who know why you want... to be Bolton, but okay, but I'm you sure want, there's someone. Yeah. I'm an Arryn, or I'm a Martell. Yeah. Okay. But here, how do you feel that that is completely removed from House of the Dragon? I, I just, I don't think it was done very well. It's like what we said, when we first watched the episode, it was like, yay, we're back in Westeros, this is great. 
but they really don't expand on it. We don't get to see much of Westeros. That's one of the big problems I had with it. it we were stuck in dark, dreary castles, mainly the Red Keep, Driftmark, and Dragonstone. Mainly. We only really got to see the High Towers, the Targaryens, and the Valerians. Sometimes uh, the Idiot Lannister. The Baratheon once yeah. and Pentos a little bit, but yeah, not much. Tiny amount. Tiny, like, tiny. We really didn't get to see what was going on outside of these three families. Mm -hmm. And I think that really took away from the magic that is the Game of Thrones world of mm -hmm. Westeros. And, yeah. you know, we have Pentos and everything like that. I think that really limited our ability to really get invested in the story because... You know, it's just like you said, everyone wants to see their favorite houses because you identify with them. But, you know, unless you were a very strong identifier of House Targaryen, you didn't really get to see much. No, no. And I, I think it was a, a real shame. Yeah, in that way, I think it's a real shame because without the audience being able to portray or to picture themselves in those situations, it's difficult to get any link with the characters so it's difficult to identify with them at least for me mm -hmm. and to care about them or to find them if they are in danger i don't know how you feel okay mm -hmm. but do you remember and i'm asking this to her because she's here with me but i'm asking this to all of you in the audience do you remember how you felt the first time that jamie lannister pushes bran from the window oh yeah okay and how how it feels in your body mm. and do you remember all that did you care yeah okay do you remember when aemond uh, not intentionally but aemond killed luceris yeah did you care not really it was more of like oh shit he did it by accident i thought he would do it on purpose <laughs> So you see the difference. Yeah. And you have a character, Bran Stark was there one episode. Yeah. So that's what I mean about connecting the characters yeah. and how doing stuff. Yeah, and like I'm I always complain, like especially with the the Hobbit uh series of movies, I'm like, oh my god, you're dragging this out for money. I think in a way they needed to drag out the start of the series a bit just mm -hmm. so we had the opportunity to pick who we're gonna root for. Yeah. We had to get to know a character enough that we wanted them to win whatever the competition was. And between the time skips and the recasting, it just, I personally anyway, really didn't start to identify with anyone. I, I have soft spots for certain characters. Of course. But not enough that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm team this person. And I completely agree. I think that 10 episodes, it's not... Or, or in the way that they have done it is not enough to get invested because of with the time skips everything seems disjointed yeah. things that it doesn't follow and then one of the big issues that has gone through the community and I think that it really affects this situation is the eliminated scenes yeah I heard a lot about that yeah so for example just I'm just uh, setting here an example there's supposed to be a scene that was eliminated with uh, Rhaenys and Alison having a confrontation. Renera. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, that's what happened. If you name all of your kids, I'm on. Of sure, there's gonna be a misunderstanding or Aegon or Rhaenys or Rhaenyra. <laughs> if I get misunderstood, how how Alison is not gonna think yeah. that Viserys wants her son to to everyone is called Aegon there. So <laughs> for sure. Um, Another thing that doesn't help connecting is like, I don't know who are we talking about. It's it's true, though. I think... Luceris, Lucaris, Joheris, <laughs> Viserys. I think I, I read somewhere that George R. R. Martin did that on purpose because he was kind of taking after other European, especially royal families, where they all kind of use family names. Oh, no. For example, the king of Spain is uh, Philip the Sixth. Yeah. So, of course, there have been other Philips, but... You understand why? Yeah. For a story, for a story, it's not. For a story, you always use it different names because people need to identify. And if everyone is called the same, then. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go to what to the main point because we have gone away. <laughs> Rant over. <laughs> Rant over. Yeah. So you have Rhaenyra and Alison, and they have a confrontation uh, when Rhaenyra discovers that her father Viserys is gonna marry Alison. Yeah. And I think 
that uh, so that scene was uh, filmed but wasn't eliminated. Which that was eliminated. It was eliminated. Yeah, you said yeah. it wasn't. Ah, but it was eliminated. Yeah. yeah, that means that you have a scene that brings us more complexity on the plot and deeps uh, goes deep in in their relationship between yeah. Rhaenyra and Alicent that you are taking out. Probably if you thicken that plot, yeah, I would care more about them mm -hmm. and about because they go from oh we are super friends to oh I'm concerned is she gonna marry my dad to. Oh, now we hate each other because well, she's the queen. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of like bring give me more more complexity here. Yeah. We, for example, we have a wedding that is not recorded at all, or it's not filmed, or is not shown. That is Viserys and Alicent. I think yeah. that that should have been because one of the good things that they have done great here is that in some scenes doing them great mm -hmm. we have a funeral where they convey everything and they explain every feeling and every thought just with sights i know that that what the scene we're talking about is the balcony kind of uh -huh. scene in Driftmark where um damon's wife has died and they, they yeah. had her funeral and there's a lot of kind of wondering what's going to happen exactly. politically, politically but there's very few words spoken it's all done by eye contact exactly it's a really good scene i have to say and then we have a dinner where everything is explained by body language mm. and the tension of the words when Viserys is there and when Viserys is not there, how his grandsons and granddaughter behave and how the relationship is among all of them. Yeah. So all those greatest scenes show that the producers and the people that the screenwriters knew how to convey all those situations. Yeah. So they could have done the same in the wedding mm. between Alicent and Viserys, but they never show anything like that. Yeah. However, they love to show Sir, I think it's Lance is strong or something like that, masturbating to the Queen's feet or <laughs> da or Diamond masturbating to the city. Or oh, that was Aegon, not Aegon. Aegon. <laughs> oh, again, names. But you know what I mean, is that yeah. you, are, you are showing me such unnecessary stuff and you could just go deep yeah. In or, or at least that was my opinion. I'd love to know like who who decided to include such scenes and get rid of other ones during editing. What what was the reasoning? Because like you said, we were robbed of quite of what we can see had the potential to be very good character building scenes for yeah. like like you said, silly scenes that maybe we didn't really need. Exactly. There was another scene that was removed that the internet wasn't happy about. So when uh, Diamond Second's wife really? dies. Oh, Demon Second wife. Oh yeah, I forgot about his, yeah. yeah. When she dies, <laughs> there's a, a scene where he, when he comforts his two daughters, mm. and that is not shown in the series enough. But yeah. the scene looked like it could show Demon's side about a good character yeah. as a good we person. Because person... of it, but we he... kind of need a bit more to solidify that, yeah, yeah he has actually quite a, a caring nature. Exactly, and they also filmed for the 10th and last episode uh, a scene with Daimon mourning the death of his uh, stillborn daughter, but then in the series they really reduced it to two seconds. Probably yeah. That made him look very cold towards Renera. But probably if you show that sadness and how the character is and all the stuff, maybe then the moment where he grabs Rhaenyra's True. neck would be more realistic because it could be, okay, this man is just desperate because he has lost and they have shown that... Yeah, he's but, lost a child, he's lost his brother. But mm. because they don't show anything. Yeah. For me, when Daimon grabs Rhaenyra's, I was like, this is completely out of character because he really shows during all the series yeah. that he cares about her. For me, I didn't... I we, This is something we have disagreed about. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do think it does fit his character. Um... Damon's supposed to be quite grey, but we see things that kind of affect him. So grief is one. Maybe not shown very well here that he was grieving for his stillborn child, but if we take into account those scenes we never got to see, he was grieving. It obviously had a huge impact on him, Viserys' death, mm -hmm. coupled then with the fact his wife's throne was stolen from her. Yeah. He's a very proud Targaryen. Yeah. You see that a lot when he was teaching his daughter Valerian. The fact that he kind of shuns the child that didn't get a dragon. Yeah. And the fact that Rhaenyra is considering it all 
giving up her right to the throne, I think, pushes him over the edge. And that's why he goes for the throat. And you have to remember, this is the guy that went into King's Landing and slaughtered people who were minor criminals because he wanted to. And that I understand, but for me, that was people that he didn't care about. They That's always true. have shown that, like, if you see, the same as you can see all that subtext mm -hmm. in all the stuff, we can always see that when there's someone, there's a meeting, there's a gathering, there's people talking, you can always see... Diamond not talking, but he's lurking in the background thinking if someone does anything bad to my family, to my king yeah. or to Rhaenyra or something well, like yeah, that. Yeah, he cut off I, the head of I'm I'm ready yeah. to jump here and I'm ready. So I think that he's a person that he doesn't care about hurting the the people from Flea Bottom or whatever. Yeah. But I thought personally that he always have cared. Although they have had misunderstandings, but he always have cared about his brother and about his niece, yeah, future wife. But and I agree, if he wasn't going through all this loss, of course, maybe it wouldn't have made sense. But where he was right then and there, there was some desperation to him, and I, I could. That's why I understand. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, and I agree that his tendency is violence, as much as we try to not think it is. It is. Oh no, and I agree, but that's why I think that it was important to add an extra scene yeah, to gaff yeah. to, to give more layers to to the personality mm -hmm. and then it doesn't come out of the blue because yeah. you are thinking also with of course the grief and the deleted scenes and all but the deleted mm -hmm. scenes because they don't come to the final product they are supposed not to exist yeah and i uh, also feel really bad mm -hmm. for matt smith himself that that scene was deleted from the small pictures with that we get from it it looks like he was pouring a lot of yeah, himself yeah. into those scenes and you know, for someone who's coming from a role where he was very well recognized, Doctor Who, like it can be really hard when you go into a new series and people not see exactly. just Doctor Who. And I think he did such a good job that, I, sure, the first episode, maybe I was thinking Doctor Who. But after that, I really believed him as Damon. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking about Doctor Who anymore. I think Matt Smith is one of the big actors of this series that really did well. Yeah, and I think that that's another thing that we have to point out about the series. Like, we have been talking about positive and negative stuff, but something very positive, and that you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, was how the actors, how good some of the actors were. Not all the actors, I feel that they are believable. Not, not all the actors, I feel they are good. There are actors that, personally, I think they do a great job. Yeah. Matt Smith, for example, does a great job. In my head, I was also scared on what we were saying. I'm only seeing Doctor Who. Something similar when you see David Tennant. Mm. You are scared of seeing Doctor Who, but no, then you sometimes, like, when he does Barty Crow Jr., he does it really great, and it's completely a very different character from yeah. Doctor Who. One of the most believable characters for me in this whole series was Viserys, and I think that was the the very good work of his actor, Paddy Considine. Mm -hmm. he, he really made me kind of love Viserys in, like, that he's a happy granddad kind of yeah. way. He just wants his family to be safe and get along. Like, he, he was a very peaceful king compared to some of what we saw in game of thrones it was kind of a breath of fresh air um obviously we know what's coming now war yeah but no really high props to paddy considine for for taking on the role of viserys no viserys is probably my favorite character of this this first season uh i don't know if it will be the one my favorite of the series because for that the series has Lots to finish to go, yes i also want to to mention olivia crook Alicent, uh, because of course, personally, I don't like Alicent, but I do. Uh, pers <laughs> uh, personally, I don't like Alicent. I don't like Alicent as a person. Yeah. The same as I don't like Cersei mm. as a person. Yeah. But I like Alicent as a character. Mm -hmm. I think that she brings a lot of layers layer of the queen, of the mother, of the daughter, mm -hmm. of someone that has sacrificed herself for a position of power first for her dad and her family but then later for her sons yeah i think that olivia crook cook, uh, cook I, I don't know why i had it written crook anyway <laughs> olivia cook i think that she does it great i think that her in in the screen she's great don't she's she great does. she i think she's really good at um, making someone who on paper would be very easy to hate mm-hmm 
really lovable in a way because you understand where Alicent is coming from. That she's not really gunning for power herself. She marries Viserys to make her father happy. Uh -huh. And let's face it, we see the the way she acts when Viserys dies. She was gutted. She really did love him. Maybe not in the, the husband-wife sort of way, but there was definitely a very deep love for him there. I think that part of it, and I agree with you, part of it is love. Yeah. Uh, probably love as you may love a friend or a, a person, that has, been, or a person that has been by your side. And another part is desperation of what is happening now. Now yeah, he has died, what is going to happen too. right now? But then, I, and I really do truly believe that she puts her son on the throne for two reasons. One, she genuinely thinks that's what Viserys wanted. That's what she heard. Now, I know, obviously, there's a bit of what you want to hear in mm -hmm. that as well. But I do, I do genuinely think that's what she feels. And then secondly, she also very much feels that if Rhaenyra gets the throne her children will be killed because they're too much of a risk to her. Mm -hmm. So she's trying to save her family. No, in, some, in that ways, yeah. But on, like I said, on paper, Alicent is a character that could be very easily hated, but I think it's because of the work, not just of Olivia Cook, but for, of Emily Carey, who was the younger actor yeah. for Alicent. They, I felt they were both really good at showing who Alicent really is. Yeah, and here, it, it, it for me, there's one of the... I think we talked about it. It's about one of the good and bad parts of this uh, House of the Dragon, this story. Personally, I think that mostly every character is morally grey. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't... I, I, Of course, between the layers of grey, there are more dark grey and more light grey, yeah. but a grey. Uh, but apart from Aegon the Second and uh, Larys Strong, I don't think that there's anyone that is really bad at heart, personally. So I have disagreements. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, what, what my point here, and it's not about uh, the grey or not grey or yeah. they're bad or good, is that because most of them are grey, that gives you the positive thing that all of them have potential of likability. Mm-hmm. You can like every character because every character is grey. Yeah. So that's grey. That's great. Sorry, not grey. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand, because you don't have a clear good character or a clear psychopath like Joffrey Lannister yeah. or uh, Ramsay Snow, mm. you don't have anyone that you really love, like a Tyrion, a Jon Snow, a Nedard Stark, a Arya Stark. Yeah. And you don't have anyone that you love to hate. Yeah. They, I think that every series needs someone that you really love, that you really connect with. And I have mentioned several from Game of Thrones. In Game of Thrones, for example, I've never been a fan of Arya, but I a fan, I'm a fan of Tyrion, for yeah. example. But there are all those characters that you love to hate. You love to hate Cersei. You, uh, you love to hate Joffrey. You love to hate um, Ramsay. But... In House of the Dragon... There's no one like that. No one clearly to love or clearly to hate. Of course, of the course Aegon II is not someone that I would respect, and that's no, why I have put them in the bad side. Yeah, there's definitely hints that maybe in future seasons we'll come to really hate Aegon. Exactly. And, and Laird is strong. He has appeared three times, and he has one killed his dad and his brother... The other masturbated to the feet of the queen, and the other, well, he was just around. He's so, on the ship. Probably. But, of course, I cannot put that guy into grey. I just go straight into bad until we know more about him. But yeah. the, the scenes that they have shown about him... motivation can't just be feet. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> that, that's, that's what they have shown. But yeah, just to go back to the, to the acting, I do have a bit of a controversial opinion. Um, so... That controversial opinion, first of all, is Millie Alcock, who plays the young Rhaenyra. I, I did not find her good. A lot of people did, but for me, she has a very so she has a very striking face, a very memorable face. Uh -huh. But she's not very good for me with her expressions. Like I wasn't believing anything. She had a people might remember that when Kristen Stewart first came onto the scene, people were criticizing her a lot for only having one expression. Because Kristen Stewart only has one face. I think she's developed more since then, to give her fairness. But we agree to that. I think Millie Alcock ha suffered from something very similar. She could smile, and it was a very beautiful smile. Um, but other than that, like 
when she was in pain, when she was turned on, when she was upset, when she was happy, it was the same face. Yeah. And I just really didn't get much from her. And then her, Renera's older actor, uh, Emma Darcy, very good, but a lot of people are saying it's one of the best performances of the season, of the series, the, the season. And I disagree. I think she's good, but uh, I don't. I don't think she's amazing. I personally think there are characters and there are actors better than her. Yeah. Again, um, this series and every series in the world and movies and all that stuff is always about point of views. Yeah. And we are doing this podcast because we love to share our hobbies, interests, our points of views, our opinions with people. Yeah. But we never speak with the truth. We speak with our truth. We speak with oh, yeah, our own our opinion. opinion. Of course, we are not saying that they are bad. We are saying that... And I never connected with neither of, of them. Like, yeah. But that's uh, the, the problem for me. Like Emma Darcy, she's good, but she needs to be better because... I assume the the goal for the the writers is that we side with Bernera. She's the I suppose main that character. we have to side with the blacks instead of with the yeah. greens personally. So she's got one of the main jobs of convincing us to do that and I wasn't very convinced by the end. But I think that here there's a big problem. And I tell you what, what is my big problem with that. And it's not a problem about acting. Mm. So I'm going to go away a little bit from the acting ground, from her and from Rhaenyra. I think that one of the big problems of the writers, and because you at the end, you are supposed to side with the blacks, not with the, not with the greens. The greens yeah. One of the main problems is the misunderstandings. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean about misunderstandings? What I mean here is that, for example, two biggest moments of the series come from misunderstandings. So we have Queen Alicent, and as you mentioned before, and as we were talking before about the names, joking about it, yeah. but, but it's a big point of the of the whole plot of the series. Queen Alicent misunderstands her husband's last words, mm -hmm. Queen King's Viserys' last words. What happens with this? Is not, and you said it before also, maybe she misunderstood because she wanted to misunderstand it. It's, it but I truly think that she thinks that He's changed King Viserys changed his man yeah. and, and meant her son. Yeah. So what happens here? Here happens that you don't have a clear bad person. You, uh, Cersei want to put Joffrey there because even Joffrey wasn't her her son. No, so Joffrey was. Well, well uh, sorry, Robert's son. Yeah. But she did everything on a spite and on a bad way. Yeah. O okay, for protecting the bastards, you know, for yeah. protecting Joffrey and Tommen and Marcella. Uh, Mar Although the right heir was uh, Stannis. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen in House of the Dragon. Yeah. In, in House of the Dragon, you always will have the excuse of no, Queen Millicent wasn't a bad person. Alicent, oh my god, Queen, uh, sorry for the names here, but Queen Alicent wasn't a bad person or is not a bad person uh, because she just wants to protect her her kids and because that's what she understood from King's Visary's last words. So that misunderstanding protects her yeah. for things that are going to happen in the future. Now, in fairness, we see in the, the Green Council episode um, that they, the Hightower, uh, her, fa her father, Otto Hightower, uh -huh. and the Council a bar one we're already plotting no matter what Viserys's last words were to put Aegon on the throne I know I know but I think but not her but I think it was really important for that scene to happen with Alicent because I don't think Alicent would have gone along with it yeah if that if she didn't misunderstand those words exactly but the, the main problem with that thing is that then it's difficult for the audience to choose a side mm -hmm. because it's a misunderstanding it's, it's not coming for pure evil or yeah. from pure yeah. greed and something very similar happens with Aemond. Mm -hmm. Aemond is presented to us at the beginning as a child that uh, doesn't have a dragon, that is bullied by the other kids, that, by the way, they are all very forgettable. They don't have a... a... Jaceris and Luceris are pretty forgettable. Like, yeah, whatever happens to them is what we were saying in the example of Bran Stark. I couldn't care less. But Aemond, at the end, he's bullied, he's presented with a pig, mm -hmm. and then he's like, no, I'm going to do things by myself, so I'm going to claim the biggest dragon, yeah. whatever. So he goes, he claims he loses an eye, and, well, he becomes 
a, well, a teenager, I suppose, that he has trained a lot, he has studied a lot, mm -hmm. whatever to prepare himself to be a, well, a rifle heir in the case is necessary. But what they show us is that probably he is cold, he is out of spite, he hates his cousins, and, well, there's a reason behind that. Yeah. But then when the biggest scene on episode 10 happens, mm -hmm. it happens by mistake, too. Yeah. It's another misunderstanding. He, They show us that he tells um, Lucerius that he wants his eye and all that stuff, and we have their Baratheon not... not wanting blood under his roof. Yeah. But then we see that he r just wants to give him a fright. Yeah. He doesn't want to kill him. And he kills him by mistake. But it was, yeah, it was the two dragons because it wasn't even just um, Aemon's dragon. Uh, Lucerius's dragon um, breathes fire on Aemon's dragon first, even though Lucerius didn't tell him But to, I think that one to. is intentional because he feels the dragon yeah. feels threatened. threatened. So yeah. I think that one but is it, intentional. It, but I think it's important to note that the two dragon riders didn't make the decisions, it was the dragon. Oh no, because it's one of the things that it said that dodging with dragons yeah. is, is something very dangerous. Yeah. But at the end, what I mean here is that personally, for me, you could have made Aemon a hateable character or a character that I love to hate. Yeah. But I don't love to hate him because everything that has accident. happened with him, it's an accident. Yeah. So it's not like Ramsay Snow that torture prostitutes or throw women to the dogs yeah. so the dogs eat them alive or rape Sansa or... No, <laughs> nothing like that happens. It's just a guy that has studied, has prepared a lot, is not a lazy bum like his brother, doesn't rape that we know, yeah. doesn't have sons that they fight against themselves like his brother, and what he does something bad, it was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah. And that has the problem that you cannot choose a side, and if you want me to root for the Blacks, I root for the Blacks because they are two of my favorite characters. It's Daemon and Rhaenys. Yeah, I love Rhaenys. I love Rhaenys, and we haven't talked about her, and I think that we would need a whole episode mm. to talk about her, but I the think... The Queen That Never Was. Yeah, I love that. Great great title, great, isn't it? Great title. Sad title, but great yeah, title. Yeah. Uh, that's why I support the Blacks. Mm -hmm. But the Greens... Of, of course, we have Otto Hightower and others, mm -hmm. like Sir Criston Cole, that I hope that there's a stone that gigantic stone that hits his head yeah but uh, i hope someone who has the no backup of a house is the one that kills him and they get away with it because that's what happens with him yeah that that, that no nothing is like i hated the lannisters and everyone that sided with the lannister yeah but i don't hate anyone here like hate like oh my god yeah. you know for me i'm kind of the opposite to you I am rooting for the blacks but not because they have characters i super love now i do really love some of those characters but it's because there's characters on the other side that I don't really like. So I don't like Otto Hightower. Yeah. And I can see, because a blind person could see that Aegon Targaryen is should not be king. He is not a good king. Well, he even see that. <laughs> so I, that's why I'm going for the blacks. But again, I'm not like going to rush out and buy a I love Rhaenyra Targaryen t-shirt or anything. Yeah. Like, where I, if someone came out and handed me a I'm how stark t-shirt i'd be like yeah give it to me exactly, exactly. <laughs> no I, I think the same and i think that that's one of the main points is that you or at least us mm. okay it was for you and me why the series didn't work so perfect yeah it was because we couldn't pick a side strongly yeah, yeah. Now, it is just the first season. Exactly. We and don't I, know how it's going to develop. I, we're, I think we're at the point now where we should see less time skips. Yeah. Which I no, think, no, I don't think there's going to be... Any, yeah. Well, I don't think so, but we will see. Um, Maybe small ones, but not ones that maybe are so disorientating. Mm -hmm. As there shouldn't be any recasting. Yeah. Um, So I could see season two being better. I still hold out a little bit of hope for that. But if someone told me tomorrow... Oh, House of the Dragon got cancelled. I would be heartbroken. Me neither. Uh, I'm, I, I'm interested to see how it follows, to see the battles with the dragons, because... Yeah. The CGI is one of the strongest points. The CGI was really good. They show it really good. The photography is really good. That scene about the dragon chase is beautiful, and I would like to see more dragon battles. 
Yeah, that's one of the things that definitely House of the Dragon has more of the Game of Thrones, and it's because a great it, thing. It's in the Game dragons. of Thrones, they didn't put the dogs just because it was CGI, so imagine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, the dragons, I think, are yeah. a great addition. I, I agree to... Anyway, we'll have to wait until 2024, because it's when it's expected. So meanwhile, yeah, I hope that I don't forget about these characters, because that's one of the main problems that I feel, is that they may be forgettable, or not all of them, yeah. but some of them. The good thing about this series is that the plot is not that as complex as Game of Thrones. So if I spend three years without reading or watching anything of the series, I think I could pick it up and know exactly where I am mm -hmm. and who is who yeah. because it's not as complex and convoluted and, you know, difficult as Game of Thrones sometimes. You just would have to try to remember whose name is who. Yeah, but that's impossible. <laughs> I'm on Aegon, Drogon, uh, Viserys, Jairis... <laughs> Luceris. Amethyst. <laughs> Amethyst. <laughs> then you have Varax, Carax. Oh yeah, all the dragons. Yeah, that's going to get confusing yeah. too. Uh, and of course, we really hope that that strong, thick plot armor of Kristen Cole wears away and someone... <laughs> stabs him in the eye that's a character I hate but I hate just because it's a stupid the plot armor he has yeah no it's, it's kind of like oh you, we need someone to die but there be no consequences better send Kristen Cole yeah he's the 007 of Western. <laughs> yeah. he has license to kill <laughs> so yeah I think I'm not as disappointed at watching House of the Dragon as I was with season the last few seasons so, of Game yeah. of Thrones yeah. But at the same time, I have no huge desire to watch season two. I will because I, I want to see if it gets better. Yeah. But like I said, if that opportunity never came, it's not something I cry about. I won't cry about neither. But, well, we'll see because probably in 2024, I hope that this yeah. podcast still is alive. Why not? And we can bring you the second season, our yeah. opinions, and if we have changed our point yeah, of view. Yeah, maybe we'll love it after yeah. season two, because exactly. things will hopefully make sense. Exactly. The thing is, like, you know, uh, always has mm, room for improvement. Yeah. And I am not a hater of anything, or, a, you know, I just try to yeah. see the good and the bad points. And we have said really good points mm. at the same time as we have said bad points. And personally, for me, just for finishing, personally, if you put me in a scale out of ten... I would put it between a 6 and a 7, which is not bad. For me, of course, doesn't reach the 8, 9, 10s, because those are high positions. Yeah. But I wouldn't go below 6, because I don't think that all that costumes, dresses, uh, CGI's, yeah, uh, the, game, the good actings, the, yeah. the good music. The music is, is, is wonderful. Music is really, really good. Uh, so all, the, all, the, yeah. all, that, all that stuff, yeah. I think that... Yeah, shout out to the, the costume yeah. and set designers. They're just as good as um, the Game of Thrones sets. Yeah. The attention to detail. That table on Dragonstone is really cool. Oh, that's big. Can we have that as our dining room yeah. table? <laughs> we should think about it, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit pricey. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, for me, between a 6 and a 7, I think, is the the, um, the fair. At least for me. I'm, I'm a 5.5. I can't quite justify giving them a 6, but I feel like just a flat 5 is maybe a bit unfair. So 5.5 for okay. me. Okay. So, yeah, this is a... Well, we are coming to an end of this analysis or, well, this... More than analysis, this happy talk about <laughs> House of the Dragon, the first season. Yeah. And, well, we are coming up to our episode number 10. Do we have something prepared? You are the one that prepares the stuff. <laughs> yes, of course. Because, ah, okay. as you all know, uh, every five episodes we do a deep dive into a character and deep dives are my speciality. So, so you do it everything? Yeah, all by myself. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, I do kind of the more psychological analysis uh -huh. of the character. You dive a bit more into the narrative. Uh -huh. So next episode, episode 10, mm -hmm. will be a deep dive into the one and only Severus Snape. Yeah, Severus Snape is a character that I think deserves these kind of episodes. I think it's a character complex and, well, loved by most Hated by others. I completely understand both points of view. We will analyze all of that. Yeah. Love or hate Severus Snape, I think it's a character that really affected everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, this has been our review of House of the Dragon. We'd really love to know your opinions, whether you agree with what we said or even if you disagree. We love to, to 
have an argument or, or, or just a dis uh, discussion. Yeah. Prove us wrong. Or if you still don't know who is Igon Diamond. If you're struggling with the names, please tell us on our Twitter at Nerding Deep so Carlos can feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, that's been our episode. We hope to see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye.